addicted to which we rich. Off the rip, off the rip. I gamble on my life, I'm cashing in my trips. I put a 30 or a 50 in a clip. So that's a dick or a titty on that bitch. Yo, what is up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Rip Podcast with your co-hosts Mike and D, keeping it fresh and real as always. And today we have another new guest for y'all, somebody that's never been featured, but we've talked about a lot. Uh, one of my good friends, his name is Corey Tunnycliffe. Hello. Hi guys. My name is Corey. Yeah, that's Corey. And without further ado, here's my co-host Mike. What's up everybody? Another week. Glad to be back. Preaching the same shit, different day. So... Yeah, like D said, Corey's up in the house. He's a good friend of ours. Uh, we're just going to ask him some questions. I know he's been through some experiences that I've never been able to experience, so I want to ask him a bit about that, Yeah, get yeah. his opinion on some things, and yeah, just have a good time, have a good conversation, just oh, kind of chill with the boys. I'm very excited to be here. It's going to be a good fucking time, guys. Uh, we really don't have some fucking current events for you today. I mean, I have a couple. Okay, go for it then. I have like just a couple, but <laughs> I know you guys probably saw this, but did you see Kanye and his wife got banned from that like boating like rental oh, spot? Yeah. That's Cause, sad because she was <laughs> giving him schlop. What? Yeah, you, you didn't, didn't see, see that? that? No. Did no. you see those pictures of Kanye getting a uh, head from his wife in like Italy or whatever? Like on Man, I feel like celebrities have their lives just like invaded by the media. It 100%. feels like I absolutely would not want to be a so that that is ridiculous. That yeah. is ridiculous. But now he got banned. Wow. And I say he should be reinstated. He was getting some flop, man. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, like look. That's like just one of the photos, but Oh my gosh. You can see like Kanye's ass cheeks in one of them. Yeah. But the fact oh, that the, the paparazzi saw that and weren't able to capture a genuine image of, like, nudity shows that they were pretty well hidden. So, like, they had couldn't have been that big of a disturbance if the paparazzi couldn't even get a photo. Damn, bro. Do you guys That's think, fucking nuts. Do you guys think the paparazzi are, like, uh, evil... Bad. Yeah, that's kind of fucking horrible to yeah. invade somebody's like, what life do you, like What that. do you think has to go into someone's mind for them to like be on that track and be become a, a part of the paparazzi? You have to be like a super fan. Yeah, that makes sense. Like every person that's involved in paparazzi is usually like they say they're like stalkers. They're yeah, they're they've always like they're those weird. Fu- I mean, I don't know if you do it. I'm sorry, I might offend you, but they're <laughs> those weird fuckers that make like second accounts that are just like. Oh, I, this is the Travis Scott fan account and like has a whole account just based on like hyping up Travis Scott. But like taken to the extreme where it's yeah. like now their career. Yeah. 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 But they used to do that as like kids. But then no, they were like, I would love like, that shit. It's like the gateway it. drug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To becoming paparazzi. That's what I think though, but I'm not too sure. What do you guys think? I personally think that they're just fucking weirdos, dude. But like, I mean... They're number one. They have a really good skill at just getting information. So they're able to talk and they have friends. What so that's journal? skill number one. Yeah. Number two is that they are very oriented with who that person is and just any people. Cause I'm sure they just make money off of pictures in general. So if Kanye's in Italy, they got to be in Italy. So they got to figure out some way somehow to get to there, take that fucking photo. And then it's quick as fuck like that to get it up on the internet see but do you think that's what actually goes down or do you think someone was just randomly saw kanye and took a few pics and now they're reporting on it or do you think like someone from paparazzi was like 
all right, he's fucking hacked into his fucking like United Airlines account and was like, he's going to be in Italy here. We got to make sure we catch him getting some fucking schlop on the goddamn, <laughs> on the river. Like, no, no, I'm sure, I'm sure like, it was the second one or the first one that you said where it's just some random person. But most cases, I feel like in Hollywood, these people just track them down. Like they know their schedules and stuff. I wouldn't even necessarily say they track them down, but they just stay on like very popular spots where rich people go like Rodeo Drive. Yeah, like they'll just chill there all fucking day, and eventually someone famous will pull up on Rodeo, and they're just like, "Oh, sir." See, what gets me is the ones where it's like them walking from like a house or someone's house or like one of their five houses, because how would you know which house they're going to be at in that night? Yeah, I wouldn't say they're evil though. I'd say they're weird. Yeah, weird is correct. Mm. But like Illuminati type shit, like if if that's where you were going with it, Corey. Oh no, I mean, I guess that's. Like sidecar in a way connected, but yeah, they're somewhat connected. For yeah, sure. yeah. But I thought that was shit was funny that he got banned. But Jeez. oh, just, just let the man get some fun. Me and dumb. D talked about this one, but I I want to get your opinion on it now, Corey. But did you see how India landed on the moon? I heard you guys talking about that. Uh, or no, no, no. Gosh, what was it? Yeah, we were. Talking I heard. About it. I heard yeah. it happen. Yeah. What What was your guys' take? I think that shit's fake as fuck. What, dude? Really? Yes. Oh, I I have no idea. I it got D rethinking that the moon landing even happened at all. He's like, what, what about <laughs> he it? Switched, what about it? Bro, he's full 180 now. Have you seen the video of it? Of no. them like <laughs> getting the rover to like drop down? No. It looks pretty fucking bad, bro. Ooh. All I'm saying is that why can't we go strap a fucking GoPro to these things and like get some clear 4K images? Like even when it comes back, like I've never seen footage where they've been like. This is our best footage, and then it looks like shit, but then we send one satellite in there, we get the most beautiful picture yeah. of the universe in known to man. But to send somebody up there with just a Sony, a, the best Sony camera is like asking for, you know, God to create a miracle. Dude, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The camera that shot fucking Oppenheimer, that's what needs to be on that space shuttle. No fucking Nokia, no Sony, no like off-brand camera shit. No IMAX. And I'll even say this: like I've used Android, like no fucking less than 2010 Android on that fucking shuttle. I need crisp IMAX oh, yeah. what, film. What would prevent? Well, so was it like a rover that? Because wait, there weren't people on it, right? No. Okay, but like, what would? Yeah, what would prevent? Like, put it like strapping an iPhone or like the camera from a Samsung or an iPhone to the. An to iPhone the would make better images than the shit they yeah. they send dude, back to us, dude. They're pretty horrible. <laughs> awful bro they're fucking dog ass like that's what gets me is i'm like okay if we haven't figured out how to get the quality up into in today's day and age you're tell you want me to believe that we fucking landed on the moon number one the technology and the amount of money that you put into just going to the moon is immense why wouldn't you make sure you had some clear images that makes no sense to me like what else also what else are you trying to discover about it like all the literature on the moon has already been published. Everything's up there. Like there's really no race to the moon anymore. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not personally a moon doctor or anything like that. So a moon I, doctor. Can't, I, can't, I can't like diagnose this situation. Let me just ask but. you a simple question. Do you believe that we went to the moon in 1960? I'd like to think so, but I haven't heard like counter arguments. Did you know, you know we were still prescribing cigarettes in the 1960s? And they want me yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to the moon? 
Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Doc. I don't know. We couldn't figure out know. cancer, but <laughs> our own human species dying. Or how when they televised it, they had the president live talking to Neil Armstrong. On oh, the, yeah. The like uh, a, a wired step, yeah. telephone. Mm, like, like they wired it all the way up. Apparently they trans <laughs> they must have transmitted radio signal to it, but like they made it seem as if it was like instant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also the know. after interview was like really sketch. They all look like creeped out. <laughs> the interviews with Buzz Aldrin, I can't tell if he's like being like exposing that they didn't go or if he's just an old fuck. <laughs> I truly can't um. tell the difference in like his in, <laughs> If you've seen the videos of Buzz Aldrin like leaking it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Have you seen Good those? God, no. I've only <laughs> seen the after interview where they're all talking about it and they all look like like terrified for any fucking sort of question to come about where it questions the mission. Hmm. Yeah. They look sketch. It's kind of like, you know how you mom and dad yell, "Corey, get down here." And then you walk down and then they're like and in your heart, your heart's fucking pounding and then they go and they're like, "You hungry?" And you're like, holy shit, man. I just dodged a bullet. You know what I mean? It's that same sort of like thing. Bro, I saw a video where they went up to like one of the main like general or commanders of like the Apollo 11 like mission. And he was in the airport randomly. And someone went up to him and said, put your right hand on the Bible and swear to God that we went to the moon. And he was like, no, I refuse. Damn. I could just be like, get the fuck out of here type of feeling. <laughs> like, dude, don't fucking bug me. But but uh, he kept like cornering him and he was like, come on, man. Like, if you just just do it real quick. Like, it's just something small. Wasn't the whole point of uh, going to the moon for the U.S. Like, it was like a race against the Soviets, right? Yeah. 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 It was like mm. a d- dominance thing. That's what they think. That's why they think they faked it. Just to basically flex on the Russians. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. mm. it make much more sense to just flex on the Russians and be like, we fucking did it, bitch. <laughs> then, let's think about it logically. Like, that shit would be easy to fake, bro. Because no one had ever had good... It's fucking like 1960s. The tech is horrible. If you make up something that looks slightly, like, legit, who's going to who's gonna bullshit you and be like, that's not the fucking moon? Well, it's so never been. Back, back to, like... <laughs> they in, can't fact check you. India landing on the moon. I feel like now, though, it's seems more feasible right like i feel like back then obviously like i yeah. can understand the the uh skepticism but i feel like now it's like technologically i feel like we probably are at a point where that might seem more feasible or more doable so then i feel like also at like at 2023 like what's the point of faking it yeah but then again what's the point of going uh, in the same yeah. hand you know what i mean if like three other people are three other countries already did it published articles everything's out why would you why would you spend that money of your own country's money it's a place that desperately needs it too big rock go big rock for real i need to see some four fucking k pictures that's why we need to keep going until i see some shit that (laughs) piques my interest and i say we're good to stop going (laughs) true and they started taking like people there and like joe blow down the street was like we really went to the moon dude I'm not lying to you. We really went that I, I believe him. Yeah. It'd be tight. Another thing I want to bring up that's special to Corey. So you guys might not know this, but Corey can type like fast as shit. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'll let D explain it. Yeah. Anyway, Corey, Corey, 
How fast do you type? Is that words over 100 per words per minute? The fastest I've ever been able to do in a 60 minute time test is 203 words per minute. Holy fuck. 203 words per minute. That's a Bugatti. <laughs> That's a goddamn Bugatti. I don't think a production car in the United States can go over 200 miles an hour. Do you guys realize how fucking fast that is? <laughs> Imagine if you could maintain that pace for like hours. Yeah. A book well, <laughs> written in a fucking day. So, I mean, to give some context, I, I've been typing pretty fast since I was like in elementary school. So this has been like a progression, right? Over time where in elementary, I was probably around 125. Um, middle school, I was 160. High school, 180. And then college, I got to 200. But um, no, honestly, you know, if and when I have kids, I feel like... And also, if the future isn't so, like, technologically advanced that keyboards are obsolete, typing is, like, an absolute necessity of a skill, I feel like. Because if you're a fast typer, so many things are infinitely easier. Homeworks, essays, like, um, even searching things on the internet, you know. And from, like, even an employer standpoint, you do things way faster than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. At the bare minimum of even the smallest task. Albeit, you know, it could come at the cost of like carpal tunnel down the road. <laughs> but I mean, well, no, yeah. You know. Do you think keyboards will go obsolete eventually? I do. I I think eventually. I'm not sure when though. Once they can get speak to text better, or like just get us to where we have a thought idea process that's pretty quick. Yeah. Or just a neural like a neural link where you're just like, I didn't want to say that. Delete that shit, and then just like go back, <laughs> but you're not saying anything, and it's just looking at the computer and just boom well, generating ideas as fast as you possibly can. are you guys even right now there's like the brainwave sensors that you can put on your head right that you yeah. can like basically program them to um when you're thinking a certain thought like lemon it can like detect that and you can program it to interact with your computer like there was the guy who played elden ring purely by using like the brainwave yeah thing it's crazy shit. yeah it's insane it's a but new what, age, bro. What was the whole thing? What was your story, though? The typing speed. Oh, that you were just bringing that up? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you, <laughs> did you ever play Nitro Type and shit? Yeah, of course. Um, did you ever lose in that shit or not? Nah? Yeah. So the thing is, like... Oh, skill-based match makes you or what? Yeah, exactly. So um, Nitro Type was one website I was on. And, uh, I mean, once you get to, like, you know, the 99.9th percentile of people... You're going to be going up against some crazy. They're all crap. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, exactly. The main websites that I've kind of over time gone to are, and I don't know, maybe some of these are more niche, but there's like 10fastfingers.com and like. Type Racer? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a big one. Type that's Racer. my favorite, I think. And then uh, monkeytype.com is the one where I got the 203 words per minute. But Type Racer, I think, is a big humbler <laughs> because it's like. I used to think I'm like, you know, in Type elementary, I'm like, all the I'm the go, best. Bro. Like, there's nobody who can beat me. But you go on Type Racer and you just go up and up and up. And soon enough, you realize there are people who do like 200 words a minute easy, like regularly. Um, Type Racer is basically like the NFL. Holy. <laughs> Nitro Type is like you're in NCAA. Really? Yeah, I'd say that's a good comparison. Wow. Yeah. I used to love Nitro Type, bro. No, I just yeah. love pimping out my rides. Like, yeah. <laughs> them giving you, like, NOS and being able to, like, recover from mistakes is an example that it's still, like, 
the little fucking kitty league, bro. Yeah. It does it does translate into jobs though, you know. Like uh I was able to be a transcriptionist for a while purely because like typing was just like such a strength of mine. Um AI's got that shit in a chokehold now. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um But no yeah, Holy like shit. everything. It helps with everything, makes things easier. Um you can translate your thoughts to paper or I guess electronic paper so much faster. So Yeah. Cause I've always felt like I was like a pretty fast typer. Like I do probably like 70, like average, yeah. which for me is pretty good. Like I, that's pretty quick. And that's pretty consistent too, along your whole workflow of yeah. time. So. But 200 is like next level shit. Like there was a, there was a moment in middle school and you guys might not believe me. And honestly, I don't think most people would believe this, but I had one friend who was a witness to me typing the alphabet in under a second. And that was like, even compared to like the 200 thing, that was probably one of the most crazy typing things that I did. <laughs> Cause that's like under a second. Yeah. You probably don't believe me. Cause it's like, right. Like 26 characters in a second. It feels unless physically you're like, unless your do. hand like just dropped and you went, no, and that's literally what you, you like have to fell do. on the keyboard. Yeah, that's I just the only dragged way. my fingers across in the pattern of the alphabet. Oh, okay. I could see it. But it's kind of it's it took like months and months to Damn. do that because like you got to be moving all your fingers simultaneously, yeah. all at the exact same time in the right pattern, yeah. in order for that shit to be. And under two seconds is actually not terribly hard. Um, if you documented that on like camera, you think that would have been like world record shit, like Guinness. Maybe, Guinness. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe the there, there like the thing it. is, I don't think the Guinness World Records are like reliable for this kind of thing because there's just so many like unofficial sites with like tons of people getting like ridiculous scores. And, and that's the thing; it'd be easy to hack these as well. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, the or, keyboard that you use too, the clickability, things like that. How big the key spaces are. Like a stenograph. Yeah. yeah. Like court reporter style is like court reporters. It's a whole different like schema and you can type like basically the same speed that people talk if not faster yeah there's a lot of factors holy shit man the I'm, typing game is fucking deep is what i just heard <laughs> yeah bro there's such fucking levels to this shit <laughs> it's it's a very niche thing but i'm but I, if you yeah. like look deep into literally anything bro that's how anything runs nowadays uh-huh. like like if you look deep into any activity, you're gonna get to a point where like, all right, this is where the OG started some shit. Like, <laughs> or like, like, like you start e- getting involved in the communities. Best example of like a niche thing is like speed running world records for like a certain game. If yeah. you've like watched those videos of like, I watch this all guy, those fucking vids, this guy broke a world record, but then this guy came along and invented a totally new strategy. Like they'll make like three hour long like yeah. movie documentaries <laughs> about just the timeline of. The speed run of the game, D. Yeah. Holy and I'll crazy. watch the full, like, three and a half hour, like, doc and just be, like, invested. Damn. <laughs> Nerd shit, bro. Nerd shit. That's some crazy shit. Another thing, speaking of niche activities, chess. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Corey's really good at chess. Like, solid. That's another, like, one of those activities that just has a whole world. What's your rating? It. Uh, For the people out there. My peak online chess.com rapid rating was like 2050. 
right now it's probably like 1950. It's gone down a bit. But What's like the role that they give that score? 2000, 2000 and above is like expert technically. Like there are like class like I don't know E through A below that, and then around 2200 and above is like where you start getting to like master level. So had you always been into chess like since you were no. young? No, no, it's like I, a new I'm hobby. Crazy. It, it was. It started. This exponential curve is so big. Honestly, tell tell them about it. It started with uh, Queen's Gambit, which was I think two years, two or three years ago. Yeah, two that, or three years ago. Movie? Yeah, yeah. And I actually I started playing with my dad. I knew the rules and stuff, but you know, I got kicked pretty bad by my dad, and I got pretty determined to you know get better. Um, and now you know there's so many resources out there in terms of. Uh, like chess grandmasters, international masters who just teach it like and have really, really good resources. And, you know, I was able to find that, read books and stuff, go to my first chess tournament in Philadelphia. And I mean, also, it's fun to like in kind of an egotistical way, like play against friends and be like, I'm better at something, you know, Yeah. Um, because I actually I, uh, while Deontay and I were RAs, um we kind of brought a couple of like other RAs into playing chess and stuff and we got really into it and no, so that was really fun. But I guess now I, I'm not as much into it as I think I used to be. It's kind of like a on and off come, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Come and go thing. But party trick is definitely being able to play it blindfolded or yeah. like without looking. Let me fuck it. you up in oh, chess. Shit. No, you can yeah. play it blindfolded now. I, I've been able to for I think a little yeah. over a year now, because I beat Will. Um, shout out to Will Tun and uh, Caden Mucky, the other RAs who Bro. played chess with us. Yeah, fucking. Um, Hi, yeah. Hi, Caden. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was like one of the first times that I think I was able to fully play a game through without looking. Damn. Was like with Will, who was another RA at the at the dorm at CU. I feel like I've always been into, like, chess, but not, like, getting good at it. Like, I've always just, like, been into the game it- itself and, like... No, yeah. The people around and, like, just understanding that there's people that are fucking cracked. And I'm just like, huh. Oh, I- yeah. I don't ever want to achieve that it's, level, but... It's one of those things where the later... I don't know if this is necessarily true, but in my mind, I think it kind of is, where it's, like, if you start around 18, 19, or after you're, like, a child, basically... Um, you're going to be, you're not going to be able to get to like the top level because pretty much the top hundred players in the world were already cracked at like age seven. Exactly. Yeah. And they've been playing since they were, unless you're like like naturally gifted, like you just never knew kind of thing. Yeah. But even then, you know, it's like, it's about memorizing all the strategies and shit, you know, that and like, there's only so much you can kind of internalize you know, I feel like when you get to a certain age, you're not you've passed the point of like become being like sort of that sponge of information that you used to be when you were a kid. So not saying it's hopeless, but, you know, it's it's very, very difficult to attain like the highest levels if right. you don't start at chess like when you were when you're like very very young and i feel like the same can be true for a lot of other endeavors too like sports wise or would you say um, chess is the greatest game ever made board game Game or just game game. um all-inclusive game 
Like it's been around since how long? Since like the like six hundred? Since like the Knights Age and think, shit. Yeah, right? it was it was invented in India, I think, around the year six hundred. And you can't correct me if you I'm can't wrong, get but... cheated in chess, like Well, actually no, no. Um there there was to answer your other question, like if I you think... play fairly, like and you just lose, like it's a fair game. If everyone plays it's fair and you lose, it's like you fucked up somewhere. The great equalizer, they call it. Like a six-year-old kid could beat a 60-year-old man and it's a fair game. But no, to answer your other question, I think it's one of the greatest board games or games of all time. But I'm not sure about greatest of all time. There's there's other games, too, that are, you know, in contention, I'm sure. GTA Five. Oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> they say uh, fucking... Uh, what's that? Dungeons and Dragons is actually... I've never played it. One. Yeah. I've Other, never played it. Because they say it gives like a lot of creative division to like the people that create the game. I think it's always just been associated with very, very nerdy. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's swinging around a little bit now. But overall, that's definitely... It, it is a little bit true, you know. You have to be... Uh, you have to be a little nerdy to be into, you know, role play, improv, like rolling I, dice. I think that's where I've fun. never been able to cross. Like, yeah, like I'm a very like I'm pretty nerdy, but like I, I don't do the role playing shit. Holy shit! I just realized when you were talking about improv and role play, weren't you in like some Disney musical or something? What? Oh yeah, I mean I guess yeah. You guess I. I <laughs> Corey was Back. interviewed and shit. He's like on YouTube. Being interviewed. On YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah. For it Disney? was I was in a community theater show. What's it called? Newsies. Um, back when I was a senior in high school. But that was like ages ago. I was a Is that it? I was a right child. Right? Is that how you spell it? Yeah, yeah. Newsies, yeah. And then what's it called? What's the name of the theater show? Uh, well, the show is called Newsies, and the theater was the Pace Center. P-A-C-E Center, yeah. No, that was really fun, but I mean, I was like in high school I was very uh I was very much into theater. I also wrestled for a bit, so I got a little bit I got a little bit of my health from another sport. But, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, for the most part uh in high school theater was my thing. I was uh a little embarrassed to say, but not really. Uh, I was an improv troop leader. Did we <laughs> at, have at my a theater? high school? No, we had yeah. theater in high school, huh? Well, I think we had tried one year and then it shot the bed. But we did we have it back. once, right? Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know what play they did because they invited the whole school to go, and I think ten kids showed up. And then <laughs> we're like, we're never doing that again. That's <laughs> so fucking heartbreaking, bro. Imagine That's how gut wrenching. Imagine how That's boring arts, it's got to be to where three hundred kids collectively are like. I think I'd rather just go home. Imagine you peek <laughs> yeah. through the curtain expecting a whole yeah, the whole school to be cheering you on and you just see your fucking great grandma, your mom and fucking 30 empty well, seats. You know, actually though, I think this is a good I think one of the most important life lessons I learned in theater was like the very first show I did where I was like really really nervous. I was like in the ensemble, so, you know, not like a huge role, but I was like nervous cuz first show I'm worried if there's going to be a lot of people out in the audience, like, oh my gosh, like, are they going to like the show? Yeah. And one of the, like, lead actors came up to me and he was like, hey, like, you shouldn't be worried about how many people are out in the audience. No matter how many people are out there, you give it your best shot 
every single time, no matter what. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, I also, when we took a, a school field trip to New York, he's like we just took a little quick trip to fucking ny not not a school field trip but a theater field trip where we got to see a lot of um that's a verde we got to see like a lot of like broadway shows and stuff and we got to talk to a lot of uh the cast for some of the shows but that same like sentiment is kind of shared where it's like if you have two people in the audience you have to just play the show to the best of your ability without like like you shouldn't phone it in you know and i probably would no and i think it's majority of people i would say do that but then there's those elites that don't really give a fuck and they do exactly what corny's saying and then those are the people that become actors yeah those are the people that go on to have great careers in acting oh for sure I'm just saying I couldn't do the theater thing in general. Me neither. It's tough. It's tough. I couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't get past the cringe factor. There's a huge cringe factor, I think, especially if, like, I don't know. I I, I, I think in high schools, hmm, I don't know, you know. It, it's just there's a certain, like, kind of crackhead energy you get, like, being surrounded by other theater kids that is, like, kind of contagious. But also, you know, looking back, I'm I was very much so, like, I got socialized really well, but I may not have been very like socially aware, if that makes sense. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like you just you just gotta grow out of that sometimes, or stop caring. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to what to make of it. You know, because there were a lot of people in theater who are still like. Very, very like close friends of mine who are like amazing people, and who I bonded with like really close when I was in theater. But at did the they same still time, pursue theater after high school? There's a there's a couple, yeah. There's a couple because there's. There what are your were, thoughts like, on a theater degree? Yeah, do you think it's worth oh it to boy. go to college and uh, get a theater degree? <laughs> Here's the thing. I think um, I'm very biased because I got. I uh, like a computer science degree and like now I'm pursuing a career in computer science and I think knowing how expensive college is even though I have like a very set track it's still difficult to think about like how expensive it is theater is a very passionate thing to pursue right and I think I have respect for people who know they're that's what they want to do for their life and that's all they're going to do. So if they want to pursue that, I'm all for that. I disagree with pursuing like I think arts if it's just sort of the thing you are kind of half-hearted pursuing. Does that make sense? You're like, saying you yeah. it's only worth it to you if it's they're 100% all in. Yeah, exactly. This is uh Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, I guess that's just the thing with anybody besides, like, if you're going for a business degree. I mean, most people probably don't really give a shit and they're just getting a degree for whatever. But, like, if you're actually going there to learn and truly invest in your knowledge into the theater, arts, or whatever, I guess, sure. But I personally think it's a waste of time. Because, too, the thing is, too, you know, it's it's so hyper-competitive to be 
successful in theater. Yeah. Well, like we said, it's already a niche. And then within that niche, there's a sub 1% that's actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. So to be already small and then to get into the sub 1% of people who are really fucking good and you started at some age, it's just... It's difficult. You got to get, really you got to get yeah. lucky. You got to have a lot of breaks and you got to work hard. So yeah, just like anything. In and, and you know, thing is too, like at the top of the top, the payoff is absolutely huge for something like that. But it's um, too risky. Facts. I mean, you can, you can kind of think of the same thing with, uh, with sports too, you know, it's really, it can be really risky because just the percentage of people who pursue sports versus those who actually make it it can be comparable, right? It's yeah. just how highly competitive it is versus the payoff that you get. And to some people, it's worth it. And that's all they want to do. And they're 100% sure. And I think for a lot of others, it, it sucks because if they don't make it, then they don't have a backup plan. Yeah. Facts. I feel like you just got to know if you have the talent for it or not at the end of the day. Because I've seen people who can't even draw fucking stick figures going to fucking do arts. arts. But then I also see people who fucking have never even thrown a fucking football saying they want to be in the NFL. True. So. I mean, it goes it goes all the ways. If you're committed and you work towards anything, you'll get there. But True. Know your limits. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. True, true, true. Well, I guess we'll step into some other questions, some deeper questions, I would say. Oh, boy. Uh, do you have any that you want to do right off the bat? or All I have is psychedelic stuff left. Okay, okay. So if you have any other than those. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Corey, I've known you a long time, and I've known you through a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Uh, so I know you've had some hard times in your life. What would you say is the key to getting through these hard, through these tough times? Is it your family, your friends, the gym? your dog what do you think is the reason why you continue to push on and push forward oh man that is deep um honestly i think every single time that i've come out of like a really hard and actually i should i think i think i'm willing to share this too i uh back when i was a freshman in uh college i was diagnosed with bipolar and I've had a, I think you're type one or type two. I'm type one. Okay. So I had, I had a manic episode my freshman year. And then I, I've had, I think two depressive episodes since then. Fortunately, you know, I haven't had like a huge swing. I think some people get, uh, like go straight from manic to depressive and just back and forth. And that's like cycling like that is very, very dangerous, but Anyways, back to the question, you know, I've, I've, I think my relationships with people have been the thing that have continued to like bring me back. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, like if you're having a day where you can't stand yourself or, you know, you can't stand the thought of like getting up out of bed, you're sleeping like 15 hours a day, you know, the, the reason you get up, I think for me has always been other people like whether that that be like responsibilities to other people like employers or or well yeah 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 that too you know um but yeah my family my friends like like you guys right every single person has been 
um, instrumental in like keeping me on the track, you know? And, and I think I've been very fortunate to have like an amazing support system yeah, and just, just amazing relationship with like you guys and like everyone else in my life. So interesting. I think a lot of people struggle with understanding what are like how to know what to do with somebody in that certain state of age. Like, um, uh, I think people just don't know how to treat a person that's in that place. What would you say are some things that people could do? Like what, or even you, Mike, what do you, what are some things that you do to somebody or how, how do you help your friend or your family member that's having a tough time? And, you know, I think, I just think that's an interesting conversation to have in general. Cause I don't think anybody really talks about how to go through that. Yeah. I think I'm, pretty shit at it because <laughs> the way i deal with like shit that like is bothering me or like i don't know shit i don't want to talk about like I, was, I turn everything into like a joke i like to just like turn any sort of like i don't know environment or whatever conversation i'm talking about if it's like not going shit i don't want to speak about like i'll just turn it into a joke and laugh it off but you know that's that's also like I think to a certain extent that's absolutely like healthy. Um, so that's why I'm pretty bad at like helping people that are going yeah. through shit. Cause then I like, I turn shit into like jokes and then I'm like, ha ha ha, look at my but, jokey but jokey. Know, and then they're like actually going through some shit and I'm like not helping at all. Cause I'm like making a joke and I'm like, damn, rip. Laughter is medicine though. You know, now, it can't be everything. Yeah. But you can't, I, I think not everything always has to be like, life or death like super serious you know um things will get hard and people will go through go through shit right um but i think laughter is really important too right uh one thing i would say personally is like uh when people are having a hard time they can say or do things that are very hard to look at or like hear, you know, they might like insult you or insult like uh, friends or whatever. Right. They can say any number of things just because they're feeling like very deeply nested things. When I was going through that kind of a thing with my family, right? Like there was a moment in my freshman year when during my manic episode, I, I basically told my family, like, I'm going away for, like, years. Like, I'll see you later. Like, bye. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the thing that my family did that, that was really helpful was not taking that personally and still, like, trying to maintain the, like, the, like, court cordial nature of conversation you know something that happens a lot i think is is people will take what somebody said personally yeah exactly and and even though like the things that i've done during those moments are hurtful and i apologize for them after and you should take accountability for your actions like after the fact you know um at the at the end of the day we're all trying to get to the same place, right? And I think it can be hard to hard to remember that when we're caught up in the emotions of like what we say and what we like are frustrated with about each other. So fair enough. Damn. Deep. 
Yeah, for real. I have some more one, some more. Uh, what do you feel is your purpose in the world? What do you want your greatest contribution to it to be? Basically, you know, I think we all have innate purpose in here. Like, what is our contribution to society? How how do you affect the world in a positive or negative way? I mean, there has to be both in order for each one to exist. So, what do you, and you too, Mike, what do you think your purpose is? Honestly, bro, like, every person that I meet, I try to make at least laugh, like, once. So, it's to create comedy, right? Bring smiles, right? Just so, like, if when I, it's all said and done and I'm, like, dead, they'll be like, damn, bro, he was so kind of, he was, like, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, man. Because I think, I think somewhat similar. More so, lately now, I've been trying to get into the fact of, like, just trying to be more caring. And I don't come off as, like, a caring person at all. But I think in general, I like just want to like create a world or a place or a community where maybe, I don't know, everybody helps everybody and it's the way the world should be, sort of, so to speak, and sort of influence that sort of lifestyle within maybe my family, my kids, and even my brothers, sisters, mom, dad, have them all do that sort of thing instead of, you know, I don't know, be a piece of shit. <laughs> so... That's kind of, I think, my purpose in the world is that sort of thing. Whatever that is. I don't like the fact that I can't specifically cite the author, but there was a slam poetry video I watched um, a Jesus couple years. Sin <laughs> Cynthia. Um, no, um, do you remember that, what that's from? No, that's 21 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they go to the college and he's like, where he goes up there and Johnny oh. Hill's like, Jesus died for our sin, Diaz. Because yeah. he's, he's trying to like Mac on that chick. Yeah, Ice Cube's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got it from, but, but it's slam poetry. Like anyways, there, there was actually, Deontay, there was a video you showed me about, it was a slam poetry video about love that was hit pretty hard for me and there was another yeah <laughs> there was another video i saw that was related to that and uh anyways i don't know the author i feel bad about it but the main message is be a purple-hearted veteran of love which means you yeah um you have to no matter how many whips and tears and scars your heart receives throughout your life you can never give in and 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 like decide to be bad to someone because you've been hurt instead you try to be like a a a lighthouse and that's continually the goal so like if someone wrongs you you forgive them or if uh, you know if you get hurt you are able to take it on the chin, still emotion emotionally process that, but you know, be better to other people even when you don't feel like it. The golden rule. Yeah, and I think I want to be like that. You know, I think that's well. No one's perfect, bro. I know, but 
You're, you're describing is, some Jesus shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is, but I mean, you know, there's there's the Greek there's the Greek idea too, where it's like even though you can never be perfect, you're not going to be perfect. Even in Christianity, right? You're gonna be a sinner. You're gonna be bad. That doesn't mean you give in to that. That doesn't mean you necessarily like decide I'm going to be this way just because I'm not going to be perfect. You know, so obviously I'm not perfect, but in my like idealist moral head, that's like kind of what I want to do. Take the meter of like goodness in the world just ever so slightly, you know, fair enough. Solid. Damn. And that's very, uh, very kind of hand wavy too, you know, in practice, it's, it's more like, you know, things like patience and forgiveness. Those are like the main things that I think I try to practice. I'm going to fucking lie, bro. I have no patience. Zero. (laughs) I can't even fucking wait in traffic. It's a daily test for me. How many times do you think your patience has been annoyed today? Today? None. None? No. That's a victory. Yeah, none. I woke up. Yeah, dude, none. Hell yeah. All right, on to the next one. Have either of you thought about being a dad? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. What is one lesson, the, whether the one you think is the most important or just whatever the one you want to say to your kid, that you would want to teach them? Type Typing fast. <laughs> okay, no, that's a joke. That is something I'm going to teach. Uh... Corey has a dog and her name's Leela. I can just imagine her fucking at the computer just, <laughs> just smacking the shit out of her. I'd probably say... I mean, there's there's so many like good lessons, but probably one I would want to teach is individuality does that make sense or how should i say how to be unique no i mean there is that i guess responsibility early on because i know um shout out to my parents i love them very much they were great they've been great they they are great um but <laughs> oh shit that was funny one thing uh that i didn't learn when i was a kid was like responsibility and just normal daily things that I learned a little too late. Like, like what? literally going up and ordering things at like a restaurant. How old were you the first time you went and ordered at a restaurant? I'm not going to say that out loud. You have to. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably. You had to have been in college. No, it was in high school. It was probably like 16. So it was pretty late. Something like that. Holy but, shit, bro. No, yeah. I feel very bad about that, but... I remember ordering off the menu fucking young. Yeah. Because I never did. I never was really, I think, taught that, which I don't think is... Would you always just tell like your mom like what you wanted and she would just order it? Yeah. So, a little embarrassing, but... <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I know my sister was like that. She's barely starting now to break out of her shell and start ordering and shit. Yeah, she's starting to go places on her own and just fuck like just fuck around basically. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Good for her. Shout out Danielle. Yeah, shout out my sis. Travel. What would you say? 
for what was the question? What is one lesson, whether you think it's the most important or least important, I don't give a shit where it's at on your list, but what's one lesson you want to teach your kids? With every interaction with someone, you smile. Then they'll always remember you. And if they don't remember your name, they'll just know that you're, oh, that guy was smiling, he's nice. And they'll try to talk to you again. That's how you make connections, I'd say. Wow. Do you think just being friendly in general is better for connections and overall, like, interaction with all people or do you just like do you think it's better just overall just to be like smiley and nice even though you're not like fake it yeah oh yeah like be professional all the time okay fair enough because I think sometimes you got to chew it down like that's how you build trust bro yeah no one's gonna trust someone who's like hey how are you but if someone comes up to me like hey man like how are you like like nice I'm gonna be like wow what what a sweetheart true yeah, I think there is some validity to that. Yeah. Even now today when we went to Chick-fil-A just barely. That dude was a fucking That dude at the register huh? was nice as shit. And I was like, hey, man, can I get a buffalo and a ranch? And he's all, here, bro, I got you. I was like, thanks. He's all, yeah, bro, appreciate you. And now if I ever go back to Chick-fil-A and I see him again, I'm going to ask him for shit and build a conversation with him because he was nice. But everyone else, I was fucking hateful. Fuck you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? I fucking love it. Yeah, dude. I do know what you mean. It's a fucking A. Sometimes I'm like that too. Because I'm not good at hiding my fucking emotion, bro. If somebody came up, comes up and is like annoying or just like <laughs> dumb, if you're a fucking idiot and you come up to me or at my place of work, I'm going to fucking react to you like as if you just said the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? I don't know if I've ever heard that before. And they're like... Well, maybe like, well, shut the fuck up because that's not right. That's what I say in my head internally. But outside, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Some people recommend it for that. I've just never heard of it. So that's cool. You're entitled to your own opinion. But yeah, that's funny. That's what I'd say. Nice. That's a good one. Always smile. Always be friendly. And then Corey's was just be responsible. Yeah. Start taking ownership of the things that, you know, you're not supposed or like give more responsibility towards your kids at a younger age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Fair enough. Now, the next one I think you both will like, especially because you both are into the, uh, well, into the same industry. Mike is a computer science engineer. Uh, Corey's a comp sci major. Uh, so AI is more prevalent now more than ever. What is one way you use? You would use the technology for good and for bad. One and the other. How would you completely destroy Earth with with the AI? <laughs> and how would you fucking make it the most prosperous place? Mm. I think if no matter which way you go, you do both. Why do you say that? Because <laughs> like, I don't know. Like if you go one way in the direction, like you do something very horrible... Everyone's fucked. <laughs> but if you do ever something very good and everyone has it, greed will eventually kick in. I feel like. But yeah. then I don't know. Like they need to they need to balance each other out. The fear is obviously like creating an AI that is an intelligence above our own. That's stronger than us, basically, and is like out of our control. But the fear then also would be if we had that under control. How are the people who are using it potentially misusing it? 
like maybe for war, for um, cybersecurity attacks, things like that. So that's probably where that could go in the negative direction. In the positive direction, you know, I feel like there's equal amounts of potential. In the because, positive direction, it'll eventually just get to the point where it's just going to continue making our lives easier somehow. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, I don't know if we want to get to like a Wally situation. And that's where I was kind of yeah. thinking too. Oh, if, so it's like if so AI gets to the point where it pushes us to where if we don't need help with anything. We yeah. just we're just going to be so so worthless. many positive stack up to an, actually amount to a net negative. Exactly. Wow. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. It yeah. Bring, it brings into question like at what point. Of getting rid of the inconveniences of like our life, do we like still maintain that semblance that that like kind of humanity, you know? Where it's like Wally, it's still functional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like I, I've been th- trying to think of the same thing too. Is like how far can we automate until it's like society will fall apart or mm-hmm. it'll continue as as is, and we can just be legit lazy fucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think. Everybody complains about the guy that fucking started the whole, you got to work, get a job and put in your time, pay the bills and do all these things. But in reality, that is what holds society together without it. Uh, who, really, who who made that up? Who the uh, fuck? Who the fuck made that up? Probably the Greeks and the Romans. They that, were like some of the first. But that wasn't like work. That was like just straight up like slave. What do you mean slave? Like they just had slaves do all that shit. I don't know if they all had slaves, though. Well, like the higher-ups. Yeah, the higher-ups did, for sure. But, I mean, normal, everyday people like all of us, they just worked, tended to the land, chilled. Like, they just had stuff that they had to do. I think money is just what allowed the higher-ups to make slavery seem moral. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's just if you do this work, you're at least getting incentivized for it. Interesting. I don't I know. Would, I don't think it... Because what would you be doing right now if you didn't have to work? Not a fucking thing. Exactly. But then if everybody else was like that, there'd be none of this stuff in the apartment. There'd be no reason for the building to exist here. The economy so, would crumble. Yeah. So... At what limit? Like, someone needs to do work. Yeah. And no. that's how money decides who doesn't who doesn't have to. Eventually, you'll get rich enough to where you don't really have to anymore. Yeah. There are those people. But I even think those people get bored. You know, that's why they go and buy four yachts and that's why they go and buy 17 houses. And then they're like, then they come on and people interview them and they're like, what are you going to do? And then Bill Gates goes, I think I'm going to get into some healthcare shit, man. (laughs) I'm like getting bored, you know. I think that's more so what it is, is that people, us as humans, we're innate to improve stuff and just do something with our lives to sit on our ass and do nothing is just almost impossible for an extended period of time sure there's like maybe a couple weeks couple months but after that it's just like nah I can't what do you think's the worst AI could do like when you cause I know you're kind of skeptic of it uh, you're always like ah oh, we're going too far what is like your like worst nightmare that AI would do to you probably Terminator bro like but, just robots running around fucking killing people yeah because at that point, there's no hope. We're fucked at that point. At the Wally situation, we got some fucking strength still. You know, like, we can come back. We can bounce fucking back. 
you don't think we could come up with like an EMP and drop like an EMP and just fucking disable the robots or something? Nah, because they're digital, so they know how to hack into everything. They're smarter than us. We're we're fucked. Pull a Rick and Morty and set the value of the dollar to zero. That's the only thing that saves it. Uh, that shit's <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, something like that I think would be the worst. The best would probably be, I don't know, wherever we're at right now. Just like, just using it as an additional tool. Like, uh, so you think we're in the prime? I think we're in the best part of where I, AI can be good for humanity. You think anything after this is going to start fucking us over? Yeah. Long term? Like, yes. uh, I think another genuine fear. There's like the side of like, you know, cybersecurity, lu- nuclear launch, launch codes, you know, bombs get dropped. The whole electrical grid goes down. But there's also the other side of like AI becoming like a her situation. Like the movie with Joaquin Phoenix, where, oh, where they have like yeah, to the AI. yeah, exactly. Come. That's also yeah one other possibility. Fair enough. Where like it could be like a chatbot turned real and seeming human, and if AI were to become sentient and like be like a new form of life, would we be considered their like creator? <coughs> Probably, yeah. So, like, whoever created, like, the first AI would be be considered basically, like, their, like, god, almost. Even though, even though the intel, their intelligence would probably be far beyond our own. That'd be so interesting. Yeah. That something dumber than them is what made them. Like, imagine if, (laughs) if a bunch of, like, monkeys, like, were kindling fire and they suddenly made a human baby. (laughs) Just, like, randomly. Yeah. That's kind of how it low-key yeah. is. Yeah. Or even using your same example, just messing with those fire rocks, and then it turns into, like, a Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the odds. The odds are so low. Crazy, bro. All right. Going back to the fucking episode where I talked about how I could kill a bear. Ooh. What is the largest animal... What is the largest animal you would kill or kill in a fight to... In the fight to death? <laughs> like no, what's no, no. the limit no no no, no. Of where it's like a limit. guaranteed kill or where I have it's like a 50-50 shot no it's just what do you think is the largest animal you could kill like with 100% no 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 just what do you think is the largest animal you can kill are we saying like a 1% chance is still viable or like you need at least 50% no, in your fucking heart bro well, this animal approaches that, you and you're very faced okay. with fucking death you know in your heart that you're like I can beat him even a little bit. Whatever is enough confidence for you to take it on. Fuck. I have some preempting questions. Okay. Is this animal like trying to kill me too? Yeah. Like charging it's, you. It's you versus the fucking animal. Like, if it was a giraffe or like a blue whale and I had a bomb. <laughs> are we talking like just hand to hand? Hand to hand? No hand knife, hand. no gun. Like you're going on a fist. leisurely walk and. Some, the zoo fucking animals broke out and all the zoo animals are coming up and you and another animal walk on the sidewalk and meet each other and they're territorial and you're just fucking scared. <laughs> what What do you think is the biggest animal you could kill? Probably like a fucking doe, bro. A deer? <laughs> like a deer, maybe. 
Because the elk would fuck me up with its antlers, bro. It fucking too stab big. me. They're too big. If I was, if I was like lucky, and like this is a fight to the death, so then maybe like a small mountain lion. You think you f- could fuck up a mountain lion, bro? Like if I was lucky, that shit would I, eat me alive. But a small one, I can't. I can't like beat a fully grown mountain lion. Like if it was like a adolescent mountain lion, maybe. Oh, a little baby one. Oh, I could. Maybe not a baby one, but like a little bigger than that. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know, bro. I say like a like a deer, bro, for me. No, no deer, no. not even. <laughs> no shot. A, <laughs> a grizzly bear, though. <laughs> I I gave you shit about that once, but like, there's no way. Bro, <laughs> pray for the fucking bear. <laughs> Your organs will be on the fucking grass. I've watched. Okay, okay. In all seriousness, I've seen some videos now of two fucking grizzlies <laughs> fighting, and they're fucking vicious, dude. There's a zero percent chance of winning. I rescind my comment. I don't know if the revenant is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> And imagine a polar bear. Dude. Oh, yeah. That'd be terrible. It's lights out, right? Dude, it's... Oh, you're done. You're done. R.I.P. I Kiss think a goodbye. Po- I think a polar bear would fuck up any land animal. Brown lay down... Uh, what is it? Black attack. White goodnight. I don't even know the rules. I just know I'm fucked. It was crazy. Okay, so I watched this fucking family that was uh, hiking in the mountains the other day. And then the mom... Like, the mom of the family turned around and just had a video playing of, like, their kids or whatever. And then just saw that this bear was, like, walking up to, like, their son. And they were like, come on, little Timmy. Like, get the fuck away. And they got him. Like, they got the whole family together. And then the bear kept going. And, like, the dad was like, whoa, go away, bear. (laughs) And the bear was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Dude, I don't... I, I don't know. I'd have to carry a pistol with me and shoot him. Yeah. I couldn't just fucking... Are, like I guess whatever It's crazy cause if a bear was charging you The pistol wouldn't even put it down bro You'd have to shoot him in the fucking skull Like multiple times Yeah And even then he might get one little slash off And fucking cut yeah. your organs out And then they're spilling Your guts are spilling onto the fucking floor Is it floor. true that if you shoot certain Like cats In their skull it can like ricochet Yeah That is crazy I've heard that I don't know if it's true You can actually Some deer too Their brain sits lower you can hit them in the head and not kill them. Like, it can oh go through gosh. their skull and they'll just be chilling. Fine. Like, sure, they're hurting because their brain's gone or, like, their skull's gone, but mentally they're fine. They're alert. They're just fucking bleeding wow. out of their head. Wow. It's insane. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, yeah, that's... That's what yeah. I'd say, bro. Like, not too much. Animals will Even fuck a monkey. you up. Monkeys can be like a little like, baby monkey. Baby monkey, yeah, that's easy. Dude, like, but, but a like, fucking chimp. Yeah, a chimp will fuck you up. Yeah, dude, chimps are jacked. But like those little monkeys that are just like in trees, you could just fucking rip their neck off. Mm-hmm. What do you think's the smallest animal that you would be willing to fucking rip in half? <laughs> willing. I, I love this question. <laughs> Wait, willing? Yeah, willing. Like, oh, willing? You get it, or like you, you're able to? No. Okay. 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 Because I don't want to, to rip just rip these animals. No, you fucking the monkey goes and attacks you, and you just have to fucking grab one leg, grab the other, and, just, uh, <laughs> and split it in half. And that's your only way you're fucking. What's winning. the biggest I could go? Yeah, to do that is it just a monkey, or do you think you could do it with a dog? Like an eagle, 
an I can't eagle? do that with a dog. What if it's a rabid one, though? Like, if you grab the eagle by the neck uh, and the leg, you don't think you could pull its leg out? Well, like, in half, though? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know about that. I feel like that'd be really hard on anything. <laughs> like, I think some, like, I'm thinking of, like, some Transformers shit where he gets jazz and splits him in half. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, let's start, let's start yeah. little Corey. What about, like, a like a little gerbil? You think you rip just, like, a straight-up gerbil in half? You yeah. could probably, like, wring it like a towel and then yeah, you Yeah, I think it. you could just... Yeah. Snap. I think that's doable. What about, like, a cat? Like, a kitten? Yeah, definitely. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I'll say maybe. What if the cat's deranged and it's just fucking biting you the shit out of your hand? There's no fucking way. I'm just going to... I I feel like <laughs> my first instinct to get scratched less is to, like, kick it away, you know? <laughs> Not to rip it in half while it's still, like, <laughs> like biting my eyes. <laughs> it just swung and sliced the yeah, shit out yeah. of your face. <laughs> Think of how fucking yeah. sharp cats' nails are, dude. Have you ever been scratched by a cat? Yes, they fucking hurt. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Damn, and I think I could survive against a bear. That's what I, I mean, bro. <laughs> Bullshit, you're fucking done. Yeah. <sighs> like if right. there, were, sorry, sorry. If if there were like a million of you, like million different iterations of you, going up against a grizzly bear, I feel like. A million There's against a, 20? Yeah, you win. No, no, like not at once, though. Like, like imagine it's like a video game where you try and try and try Just a simulation? Again. You could probably get it a couple, like maybe. It's a miracle. It's a yeah. one in... It's a one in... <laughs> a million, yeah. A million. <laughs> maybe you get lucky twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too. All right. My last question before we go into psychedelics, okay? So, Corey... Is crazy dude. Yeah. Anyway, so on this podcast, we <laughs> talked a lot. Of, Mike and I have talked about what we think it means to be a man, and overall, we've had this overarching theme on that. I would say up until now, on just like where we want to be, some things we want to teach our kids, being a father, things like that. What do you think it means to be a man, and what would you say are the key parts of a man? Don't fucking spit it out all at once. All right, all right. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, cock, bro. <laughs> you need that fucker. <laughs> He's fucking your brother. <laughs> He's been there through it all, bro. I think the ability to, uh, like, get a scratch and not say "ow." Does that make sense? Just, so being tough. I think toughness is a factor of it. There's like an extreme of that where you never like share emotion, right? But like being able to take things on the chin, having a tough skin, being able to, you know, be the captain of your own ship. That I think that's a human thing too, but as a man I think there's the stereotypical things associated with it, right? Like being strong and uh being like being tough I haven't actually given this much thought but I know when I was a wrestler we had this conversation like our coaches asked us like this exact same question and <clears throat> that's like the one thing that I remember taking away from it is like if you hurt and 
you want to say ow like being a man is having the ability to not necessarily always say I'm hurting or say ow but more importantly it's about getting back at it when you fail then again you know I, I think that's a very it's a very human thing too I don't think that necessarily is something that yeah is is like like it's more to, so broad amongst like everybody can do this not just yeah. men in general sorry I, I don't have a great answer for this but you know I think I, I think that's that's really personally what what I think of when I'm thinking I want to be more of a man is like trying to be strong both for myself and for my friends and family nice you know? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you want to be a positive influence on, on everyone around you. If you can fill your own cup, then you fill others. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good definition. Do you fuck with the lights on or off? <laughs> Dim. <laughs> Dim. Dim. With yeah. Like a lamp or like some candles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your PC lighting. Off PC. is off is too like. You don't. Too dark, you right? don't. Yeah, but like on is on is like not in the mood. Too bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I, right. I like dim. I think that's a good one. You gotta have like something playing in the background or like a fucking t- show. Yeah, so where you could still see them. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially if uh, if you have a roommate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean now. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't. On to psychedelics. So for those of you that don't know, uh, well, I guess I could let Corey explain himself, but um, Corey used to be pretty big into psychedelics. He's one of one of the few people I know that is actually very knowledgeable about it and just knows a lot. I mean, and somebody that I would trust personally if I were to trip. So Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put my hands in anybody else's life, bro. <laughs> I'd fucking die. Oh, shit. Well, I appreciate that. Um, no, yeah, I think I should also preface this by saying, you know, I don't do it anymore, but I have had a lot of experiences, both really awesome and uh, some also very bad. And so I think a lot of that has given me a lot of good things. And I think even the bad experiences have given me good things. So, so what initially led you to try psychedelics and what was your first experience like? It was uh, my best friend in high school um, whose name I will omit. We can just call them John. Okay. Uh, so John and I were you know like regular high schoolers drinking sometimes smoking sometimes um and we got our hands onto some acid and we did not like understand what we were getting ourselves into at all when we were doing it in my head like you know and i think also in john's head it was like we thought oh it's just gonna be like weed but a little stronger which is absolutely not the case (laughs) it is a whole different world so we did it and we did it at my house right and 
uh, were your parents home? They were. And <laughs> something, <laughs> you know, because we weren't expecting much, right? Like, uh, but anyways, we. I'd it, be shitted, bro, because, sorry to interrupt you, but like, by that age or whatever, in my head, acid is like hard fucking drugs. So if I, <laughs> if I, if I had acid and I was coming back to my mom's house and doing that in my fucking room, I'd be shitted. <laughs> I would be shitting my pants doing hard ass drugs with my mom cooking me chili in the yeah. next room. I we just didn't respect it at all, you know. We just had a whole different idea about what it was. But anyway, you got back um, to your house. But no, yeah. So it was in this like Altoid. It was it was like dipped onto an Altoid in like an Altoid box, right? And there were two of them. So I took one, uh John took one, and we waited a little bit. 30 minutes goes by. I feel the most intense euphoria I have felt in my entire life. Like at what, that point. what did it feel like? It felt like literally every, every sense I had was just being overflowed with the metaphorical, like, with just love. Which is weird. It's weird to say that, you know, because saying it now sounds insane and crazy. But it's just I look somewhere and I'm like, this is my house. It's where I grew up. It's like, I love this place and I love my <laughs> friend and I love my family, you know. And I yeah. love books and reading is awesome and like learning's cool. And I literally, we got out Shakespeare. We brought out the complete works of Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. And we were just looking at the words. We didn't even read, like, a page. We just looked at it for, like, half an hour, just looking at the same words. And they were, like, at this point, they started, like, popping up a little bit out of the page. Uh-huh. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, it's awesome. How are you not, like, screaming or doing weird because shit loud enough to where your mom's like, hey, we, we keep, it quiet. To, keep it quiet. Keep it quiet in we there. We were trying to be quiet. <laughs> but, um, no, you know, we, we then... After that, put put away the book, trying to be quiet. We go down the stairs into the basement, and I remember, like, we both stopped, and I just was talking about, man, just, like, envision yourself, like, flying as an eagle over, over a, a cliff and looking <laughs> at the sunset. Like, something ridiculous like that. But it's, like, in the moment, it feels so visceral and so real. Yeah. Um... And the rest of that night was just like. How much did you spend on that? I don't know. Probably like thirty bucks, something like that. Thirty bucks to fly like a goddamn <laughs> eagle across <laughs> the Serengeti. But no, it, Serengeti later later that lakes. night, and, and I also I think I also in the middle of this I want to explain to to anyone listening who's thinking of doing it. I would highly. Yeah, give the warnings. I will. I do not recommend. I am not like a doctor or anyone. I'm not condoning it at all. Because if you do do it before your brain has developed, it can have some very severe adverse side effects. So I'm just going to put that out there. Fuck, bro. We should have said this five minutes earlier before you said it. I'm sorry. Before you said it makes every fucking emotion (laughs) feel like it's loved. (laughs) If we talk about some of the other experiences, like one of the other experiences I've had, this is like... The very, very best of it. Okay. So so your first was the best? The first was the absolute best. And the thing is, you know, later that night, John and I, I remember we were looking at each other in like a meditation pose and just staring at each other. And we were able to like 
black, visually black out everything around us except for each other. So it looked for both of us, it looked like we were just sitting there in space. We talked about a bunch of stuff like how life is just one big, you know, beating heart of, yeah. of love. And it was just very, you know, overly optimistic and awesome. So if you don't mind, I, uh, it, can I talk about maybe another experience or transition to another? Okay. So yeah, do you have a question? No. I was going to, no. Are you going to tell them the yeah. worst of the worst? Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> I've heard this before. I, and I'll kind of wrap up after this story and kind of give like a, you know, conclusion and analysis, I guess, of, of my experiences. But, you know, that night ends the most amazing experience of my life at that point. All I'm thinking is I need to do that again because that was incredible. And you can already probably tell that's like (laughs) mistake number one is that you think it's good, but then you try to make it good again, you know, and that the fact is looking back now, no experience I had on psychedelics has been anywhere near as good as that moment. And I think in part, it's because I tried to force it to be tried to keep doing it and try to uh, pursue that feeling again. Um, The worst experience I had was only, I think, uh, it was, I, I believe it was either the one after or two after that time. It was, um, so it was me, John and another friend. And again, we're at our house and we take the stuff. We watch Bob Ross. We're super excited. We can feel our hearts like, you know, going up the like roller coaster about to fly down for the entire night. Right. But, um, you know, <clears throat> there was a moment I'm feeling awesome. You know, I'm feeling good. But then just something clicked in my mind where it was like, wait a minute. There's like bad and there's darkness too, right? There's evil. In my mind, I'm thinking this like stuff, all this goodness I've experienced is just one side of the coin. There's the entire other realm of of the opposite of evil that I have not Horrible even shit. mentally exactly. And from that moment on, it was it was like midnight or something. My friends started freaking out. Freaking the fuck out. Like um like they what, started when you say freaking out like what the smashing, first thing that comes to my head is like screaming like a maniac, screaming, and like bashing yeah. their brains into the screaming wall, screaming like a maniac. They smashed a couple TVs in they, your house. Yeah, in like the basement. TVs? In the basement. Yeah. And, what would you do if your homie broke your fucking televisions? Bro? But so this was happening, and I'm in this mental state too. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you're very like caught up in the moment. You're on drugs, right? You're thinking. I'm being punished for doing this, you know, and I see the faces of my friends like, you know, devils and stuff, all sorts of evil shit happening. And long story short, uh, pandemonium ensues for the the following like six hours. 
they just keep going and keep going. And eventually I wake up, I come to, having gone through all of that, still hallucinating a little bit, extremely terrifying sight of my friend, like, horribly injured from breaking glass and, like, rolling around in it. We end up have I end up having to carry him, clean him up, get him to the ER so he could stitch up one of the big uh, scars he got from the the glass. And after that, I was just incredibly. This was right before I went to Boulder. But so, so at this point, did your mom know that you guys had yeah. done this shit? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, it was no hiding, man. There was no. So hiding. what did you just run and say, mom? Like call. The- Nine one one, like or for the next couple of months, I basically, I did not leave my house. I couldn't do well. You were just grounded, or what? Not. I mean, it was kind of Parental an unspoken control. thing. Yeah. It was an unspoken thing, but it, I, I also, I just didn't leave my house because I didn't want to. Like seeing something that I felt like I was going to die that entire night, right? And so, so I guess to kind of look back on it. It taught, these experiences have taught me so much because I think I've also been, I guess, fortunate and unfortunate enough to have potentially like very extreme experiences compared to a lot of other people. Because a lot of people do go in and just think like, oh, you know, I'm just going to get high and I'm going to, I'm going to have a good time and that's going to be that. But while there were so many great, you know, thoughts that I've been able to bring back of like just being able to keep in my heart the feeling of like love and uh, uh, euphoria and also being able to also be grateful that I'm not currently in like a state of fearing for my life or, you know, um, making a mistake that bad of like pursuing that feeling again you gotta respect you have to respect the substance absolutely and I think this can go for any drug you take that takes you into a separate state of consciousness you have to respect it you have to go into it with a good intent Um, if you want a good experience you should definitely have people there to trips at you or at least make sure that you're okay while you're doing it. Um, uh, set and setting, right? Making sure your mind's in a good place and you're with people you trust or, you know, um, it's a very powerful thing that I didn't respect at a young age and I think has affected me in a lot of good ways and also a lot of bad ways. What do you think caused your friends to break the TVs? <laughs> Extreme paranoia, um, fear like because like what if, if, if my friend pl- gets up and he starts like swinging and shit towards my tv like and you're the trip sitter if like, you want to are you wanna, allowed to fucking tackle him and be like get now, the fuck off my television if you want to if you want to know my personal thing that night i think i'm not I never used to be like a religious or spiritual person at all. I used to believe there's nothing after life. You know, you're going to die. It's going to be black. Worm. No. Yeah. Now having those, those memories in my head, I really, there's part of me that really believes that something took over that night. 
You know what I mean? When you do these things, I think it can put you into sort of a vulnerable mental place. And um, if I'm being honest, it felt like something just took over. Like a possession? Like a, something like that. Or yeah, like it's a, very scary to something think about. good or bad? Something bad. Like evil? Very, very bad. Thing is, too, you know, Do you think I, that's I, like how some people like just like murder randomly or something? Like they were just vulnerable, so something attaches like that? Not sure. Honestly, the more, the more I've, when I did it, I was opened up to this whole realm of possibility, but I never found the answers to any of this stuff. Never found a concrete, this is what it's like, or this is what happens, you know? And I think that's, Maybe good, but it's also a little scary. Would you ever do it again now? No. What about like microdosing? No. Because people I, talk I, about I, all the benefits of it. I and can't all that now. Shit. I can't now. Because of uh, that experience. Well, so that, experience, that experience well, that, you that never did again after then. No, not going to do that. But uh, it's also because of medication and stuff. Gotcha. For bipolar and stuff. Yeah. Damn. Have you ever tried having sex while tripping? No. Or like jerking off or anything? No. Damn, we need to talk to somebody that has. Yeah. That Sorry. should we, imagine just like was that one of your questions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just imagine like having sex while because like sex is already euphoric as fuck, and then you just have sex on top of that, or you have psychedelics on top of that. Sorry. Bro, my mind would probably fucking melt and come out of my ears. <laughs> Honestly, I think. At least for me personally, some things are meant, pretty much everything is meant to be when we're sober, right? I think some things are enhanced, but, you know, like like I said before, I would be afraid, like, if you do that, you'd want to chase that feeling if it's great, uh... and you would just want to do it again and again, and so, I don't know. I hate that I had to make the substance yeah, at the I, end of the day. I hate yeah. that I had to make that mistake to learn that, right? Um, but I'm glad I learned it. Damn. Your questions on Sykes? I think I got a couple. Let me look. You got to, at some point, because Mike likes to ask about the afterlife, you got to tell him about the fucking hand thing. Oh, my gosh. Just tell oh, me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was, uh, I think the, so I think it was, what, start off, what is your religion or like, what do you believe or I mostly am a Christian. I believe in like, like that form of a God. Although, you know, there, there's been, uh, <clears throat> there's been questioning for sure, but I think morally I align most with, with that. But Corey was atheist to begin with. Yeah. So this was a transition so this is what made you believe oh yeah but and the reason i believed is because of this experience that the palm thing that deontay was talking about where i after the good experience i had one experience that was just really intense not necessarily bad but just very very intense um where one of my friends was trying to like make sure i was okay he like did this a little like uh slap on the cheek like yeah. a little friendly slap on the cheek and was like hey man you doing okay and in my head i was tripping very very hard and i looked at him and in that moment i fully believed that that was god 
Like Jesus or God? Or? That, that was God. What did he look like to you? He looked like he had a big rainbow uh, clock like overlay kind of over him. And then he had the face of my friend, right? But the thing is, like, in my mind, it's like the thing behind the face is God. And so, you know, looking back too, right? This is fully something that happens a lot with people on the substance. They have a super strong mystical experience. Spiritual, yeah. Yeah, where they think this was God or, um, you know, something else like really, really um, spiritually intense. For me, that was like my experience that got me to believe in God or at least opened me up to thinking I am not nearly as smart as I think I am and there is so much more complexity to like me being here than I could ever possibly know so that that those are the types of things that I'm very very grateful I experienced but at the same time you know there's that intense experience of like the greatest possible good feeling you get and then the lowest possible miserable um it's basically like hell for six hours yeah exactly i mean it i don't remember exactly everything that happened that night but it was exactly like that damn and want to reiterate i would never do it again and i don't think i would condone you using it if you're irresponsible with it or don't respect it you know um but again, it's a very powerful, powerful tool. I know there's, uh, I think, research ongoing about psychedelics as well uh, to look into. They say it helps with depression and yeah. stuff like that. Um, it can help with uh, people who are terminally ill uh, deal with uh, the fact that they're going to die. Or um, what I was going to say is there's research being done to try and use it as a form of therapy for uh, like vets with PTSD. But Holy shit. very, very powerful stuff, but at the same time, potentially, I, I don't know if everybody would benefit from the way, benefit the way that I did from when right, I Right, everyone's going to be different. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Which time was it when you said you saw like the devil faces or whatever? That was the really bad night. And then, was that before or after when you saw the hand? After. Okay. Did you, When you saw, like, the devil faces, did you also have a feeling where you were like, okay, I saw, like, the god yeah, in my I, friends, so then I've equally have also seen, like, the evil part of it? Yeah. I... At that time, I... Is the evil part of it scarier than the comforting part of the good? Oh. That I think, oddly enough, the comforting part is more. It's more comforting than the scariness of the evil the, shit. The scariness, yeah. Interesting. Which is really like it. It sounds weird to say because you know you feel like the scariness of something would like frighten you and stick with you more, but like. The goodness and and the comfort I felt 
in the presence of like that like cheek uh like hand moment was that's the moment i keep more in my heart than any of the bad stuff interesting damn that's all the ones i had okay i know you said you don't condone the use of psychedelics but for somebody starting or like maybe going to experience that what are some things you would besides like a trip sitter the things great you've already tips said. yeah what are some tips that's yeah first thing obviously trip sitter you need somebody who you trust very closely to uh make sure you're okay while you go through it um you have to make sure your mind's in a good place you don't want to go into it um you know maybe you're you've been having a rough couple of months and you're doing it to try and feel better that's not what it's you know it's not there to make you feel better it gives you experiences based on your mental state based on your mental state and some people say it gives you sometimes what you need not necessarily what you want um so trip sitter set which is your mind mindset and then your setting which is make sure um you have a good place to do it in somewhere you feel comfortable uh make sure you have an ample amount of time uh before and after because before you want to make sure you have uh enough time to be comfortable going into it and then after your mind might be potentially blown. So you would, you would, well, after the first intense experience I had, I wish I had a full day to recover because I immediately had to go out uh, the following day and interact with people. Like to school? Yeah, to school. And um, it is not something I would recommend because it is your, your whole mindset and your whole perspective is shifted. There's something in your brain known as the default mode network. Like knowing something's real from Well, no no no, it's it's um the the regular patterns that your brain goes through throughout the day. But when you trip and you experience a uh, psychedelic, that default mode network is all out of whack. So doing regular tasks throughout the day immediately after you trip is not ideal because your default mode network is all out of whack and it takes time for your brain to acclimate back to normal sober life after you've had an intense experience like that. Well, what's the best way to get back to normal? Just like lay down and close your eyes for fucking four hours? You just I personally think resting and... uh only interacting with people you trust, I would say. Just make sure you're not doing something high stress or something that is complicated. Maybe, you know, going in for work. Maybe you call a day off because it can be very, very tough to acclimate back if you go right back. There's one thing I do want to bring up. You said to do it in a place that's, like, comfortable, mm-hmm. that you're, like, comfortable in. But, Dean, weren't you telling me that, like, oh. to do it in a spot... Where yeah. you don't know, so that way when you come back to reality, it's not like yeah, so fucked up. What I heard from somebody was that you should trip in an abnormal place because you're distorting your reality there. Whereas if you distort your reality where you live, mm. it can change how you view and fill in the place. 
and uh oh that's a good point um actually yeah that is a good point because if you do have a bad experience it could potentially like like, scare you or something stain a certain physical location so maybe like like, what if you tripped here like in our apartment and then like you saw some weird devil face in the fucking closet bro it probably be tripping yeah but then, if you went to the woods, like you said, you and like you, something you want to go back to the woods again. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I I've always been preached set and setting is like the number one thing besides like trip sitter and then a set and setting are the top things. Um, I think overall, listeners, you can do your own research for setting, but. Uh, me personally, I, I've always done it in wherever places, you're comfortable. wherever I'm comfortable, just because I kind of, I think it could also be add an additional like scary factor if personally, oh, okay. if you do it in somewhere you're not familiar with, but that's also a good point where if something does go awry, then you don't, you might not want like, you know, your bathroom to be the scariest place, you know. So, what would you sure. say is your most comfortable spot in your life where you're like, this is where I go for the most comfort? Ah, my bed. Oh, yeah. You? The Mine's most my room. Comfort? I don't know. Sometimes I feel uncomfy in my room. When I'm just chilling in my room, I'm like, oh, nothing fucking matters. I don't know what could feel the most comfortable. Shoot. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, just laying like down on my bed and, like, looking at the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the shit, bro. Damn. Well, I think that's pretty much all the questions that we've had. I mean, we had the good talk. We talked about, you know, being a man, doing all this crazy shit. I want to get you on again, Corey, where we just talk about just, like, existence, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Just that's strictly, a... like, religion, like, afterlife shit. Oh, that's a whole can of worms. Yeah, Dude, if we had, like, another dude to hop on here, too. Like, just, just another random guy or girl, whoever, but just, like, somebody that has a completely other different worldview than all of us, I think that would be fucking interesting. I think we would need to get someone super religious. Super religious, yeah. That's to be the biggest differentiator from me and you, I yeah. think. Yeah, true. Because, like, I'm not too religious, but I'm not, like, fully, like... I'll put out a fucking feeler. You're, you're pretty religious, but you're not, like... I'm not like extreme, though. extreme, like, extreme. Like I mean, someone who's like, yeah, I went on the mission. Like I preach. Like da, 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 I do volunteer work. Like that. I'm sure we can get a priest on here. I think they have to, bro. I don't know if they have to do anything, but <laughs> I think it's like law. They have to like agree to do shit. <laughs> law <laughs> signed by Putin himself. Because <laughs> I've seen like the priest doing some weird activities and shit before. Yeah. Like, he'll go to just, like, the corn maze, and the priest will be there, like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, get some corn. <laughs> just like, poor guy's just us. probably trying to exist. <laughs> for well, but Anyway, we'll call it there, I guess. Thanks again, Corey, for pulling up. Thank you for Another great me. guest on the pod. Absolute legend. He'll be back again. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. I know you uh, initially were a little uh, hesitant to do it, but. I appreciate talking to you. It's always a good... You dude, killed it, bro. Yeah. There's always, like, good conversations, I feel like, whenever, like... I don't know. Personally, between Corey and I, we've always had, like, productive conversations. It doesn't have to be, like, we moved forward or we came to an understanding or anything. It's more so just 
like somebody said something and I internalized it, thought about it and that sort of thing. So I always enjoy talking to Corey. Really. But yeah. You got anything? Nope. You good? Oh yeah. One more one, one, quick thing. Follow the podcast in the Instagram on the podcast. I changed the fucking name guys. It's underscore OTR underscore pod. <laughs> he had to make it shorter so you fuckers would follow. Yes. God. <laughs> There's no fucking excuse now. And he said, oh, it's too fucking long. And actually, I said it wrong. It's OTR underscore pod underscore. Oh, hell, we're fucked. No, dude, we got it. It's fucking easy, guys. It's linked in my goddamn bio. Just fucking just do it. What's the followers at? 75. All right. Dude, we're 25 away from giving away a gift card. Ooh. 25 more giveaway. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks again to Corey for hopping on. We'll be back next Tuesday. Off the rip. Let's go. There ain't no place like home. I wanna go back home.